into the fan check down on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Matt Marchese, Donovan Bennett with you here. The fan check down is presented by ProLine Plus, the only sports book where 100% of the profits go back to Ontario. Donovan, we're back in our humble abodes. I don't love it. I want to be at Real Sports. I want to have fries and a burger and other sports fans. Yeah, no kidding. How was your burger, by the way? It was outstanding. Yeah, my my ne- uh, Lance was trying to figure out if his food got lost in the mail. Uh, <laughs> I had the Nashville hot chicken sandwich. It was delicious. Lance, <laughs> w- once you get your Proline props in for a chance <laughs> to go to the Super Bowl next year, you can come down with us on location. They're having a Super Bowl party, Super Bowl weekend. You can be there with all of the other football fans. Just so excited that not only are you watching a great game and having great food, but that all the proceeds stay right here in Ontario. Lance, if you want to come down with us, you can come down. Lance has got to take the day, though, because we got to, somebody's got to run the board back here. That's not, that's not Lance's problem. <laughs> Lance, what are you doing on your day off? I'm going to the place where everyone else is working. <laughs> We're just uh, just waiting to connect with Adam Rank, who's going to join us here. There's a, there's a few things that we need to get to. Um, one, the, oh, and he's, he's on the line. It's prompt. He's this is Tom he Coughlin time. He knows Adam rank three minutes early NFL Network and the sick podcast with Adam rank. How are you today? I'm doing well. Thank you. How are you doing? We're good. Um, I mean, not as good as we'll get to the Super Bowl stuff, but I had to get this out there because Arthur Smith got a job way quicker than anyone could have thought he would have, except the Pittsburgh Steelers, apparently, as he takes the offensive coordinator job there. If Pittsburgh Steelers fans thought Matt Canada was frustrating, I cannot wait to see what they say about Arthur Smith because everybody was like, oh, look at Deontay Johnson and George Pickens. Look, they're getting work. This this looks finally like something we can sink our teeth into, and they hire Arthur Smith. He was good with Tennessee. He was good maybe because he had take Derrick, Derrick Henry. Henry. Maybe was he'll he? take him to, to yeah. Pittsburgh. He had a guy who 430 his... carries to. Like, <laughs> What was his claim to fame in Tennessee? It was like, hey. Couple, couple tight he ends. Gave, he, gave, uh, <laughs> he gave some carries to Derrick Henry. Like, how bad was the administration before? How, who Wasn't it LaFleur? Like, LaFleur was not getting him, was not getting Derrick Henry the ball. Like, Matt LaFleur at one point was like, yeah, I, oh, Derrick Henry, that guy looks awesome. Yeah, I'm never using him. And it took Arthur Smith to be like, hey, uh, do you mind if I use that? Like, he sat there, like, Arthur Smith moved into, like, somebody's house and was like, hey, uh, does, does no nobody use this uh, NES system at all? Or what's going on? Like, do you mind if I fire it up, play a little Mario Kart? And they're like, oh, this is awesome. Like, well, this guy's amazing. And like, no, he just, he just found something cool. Like, it was Storage Wars. And he was Daryl from Storage Wars. And he was just coming in. And like, hey, look what I found. Yeah, that's a that's a hundred dollar bill there. And then he turned that into a job with the Falcons. And you can look at it two way. It's either like Matt Canada was so bad that like Arthur Smith was an upgrade, or to the more probably more likely is that none of these coaches watch anything during the season. Like it's not like Mike Tomlin sitting there looking at Bijan Robinson on his fantasy team being like, this guy's terrible. He just was like, oh, I met this guy at a conference one time. He's Maybe he's funny or something. Like, oh, he's amusing. Like, you don't know somebody. Like, if you know somebody who is, like, not in your department and you're like, oh, my gosh, this guy's hilarious. Like uh, Tim McAuliffe, 
Who you, no, I'm just I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, somebody, somebody who um who you don't know really, like, oh yeah, that guy's great. And you're like, oh no, you're not in you're not in the day to day. And um I think that's that's part of it. I think that that I don't I don't know. Otherwise, it's unexplainable. Well, like the other thing too with this Arthur Smith thing is okay. He he gave uh, Derrick Henry a couple of uh, jump passes. That was the other yeah. thing that Arthur Smith did really well. But when we look at the track record here, it's one thing to say, okay, Arthur Smith is going to assist because we don't know what Arthur Smith can do as an offensive coordinator with a good quarterback. Okay, so may, so maybe we can say that. But then He's he goes not to find out in Pittsburgh. Exactly. So we're going to do the same thing. He's going to give a billion carries to Najee Harris and Jalen Warren's going to be like, okay, what about, what about my slice of the pie? And George Pickens is going to have a frustrating year. And so is, I mean, they still may cut Deontay Johnson. That's still on the table, but we're, we're not going to find out even if, I mean, we probably know that Arthur Smith is not going to have a successful season and he's not going to turn Kenny Pickett into something. I don't believe and I don't think Pittsburgh's yeah. going out and getting a veteran quarterback. So we're, we're going to learn nothing except teams just go back to the well and this recycling of coaches is absolutely insane. Yeah, I was just curious as to, like, who... I mean, Luke Getze is out there getting job interviews, which leads me to believe, like, is there a dearth of talent? Like, is there nobody available? And it's also kind of surprising to me as well, Eric Bieniemy's name hasn't really surfaced, or at yeah. least I haven't found that. That's... That's the one I remember I was talking to somebody who thought that because he knew, you know, obviously I'm connected with Chicago. He's like, oh, he's like, the enemy's really like could end up being in Chicago because there's a connection there with Ryan Poles or something like that. But it never really materialized. And I don't even remember him interviewing. And it's just been wild that he hasn't really gotten a chance with anybody or at least doesn't seem like he's been a part of this cycle. It has been a, a bit surprising. It, it, here's no surprise. I want to talk about Patrick Mahomes, which get ready right. for the next uh, two weeks. This pace cycle will be all about Mahomes and, and Purdy takes. So here's my thing. We're making the wrong comparison. Everyone's going, Mahomes, he's the, he's the new Brady. And this is the new Brady. Like, no, like he's... Brady and Manning combined because, you know, Brady was like winner guy and super clutch and, and Manning gave you, you know, great throws and stats. Mahomes is compared to someone you know well in Chicago. This is the Michael Jordan era. There are going to be a Ooh. bunch of great players. Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Herbert, Tua, maybe CJ Stroud, who are just going to get caught up in the wake of, oh man, you played in the East with Jordan? Eh, that sucks. Sorry. Sorry, Patrick Ewing. You had a nice moment. I think, and he's 28, so who knows what happens. But I, I think it's going to be tough to evaluate all of these great AFC quarterbacks that he just runs through in the postseason because they're like other pop artists that were at the same time as Taylor Swift and Beyonce. They're like, yeah, you're playing for third and fourth and fifth place. Yes, he's he's Soundgarden all of a sudden, <laughs> or you know what I'm saying? Like they're not Pearl Jam. It's not Nirvana. You're one of these. You're Mud Honey. You're like oh, like good. Like if you had been around five years later, who knows? That is an interesting comparison because when you said Jordan, I'm like who's this Pippin? I guess it would be Travis Kelsey. Obviously, I was just. I think you're absolutely right. I think it is going to be something where, you know, some teams, some players were able to kind of sort of sneak through 
during Brady's time. I mean, Peyton Manning eventually did fell Tom Brady and get to the uh, Super Bowl uh, a couple of years after a couple of tries and everything. Ben Roethlisberger had his moments as well. But, yeah, there was a lot of guys who you're like, oh, yeah, well, like Andrew Luck will get to a Super Bowl or two or this quarterback's going to get. And you're like, no, they're absolutely not. Like, you had Joe Flacco snuck through for a season. So that's a great observation, and it really does feel like. And, it, and it's been so early, too. And remember, though, that the, there was a period. You know, Tom Brady and them, they went through the back-to-back in 2000, was it 2004? And then they lulled, I guess they lulled for like two seasons before he came back again in 2007. And then there was 2007 to 2011. There was an injury season, but it really does feel like there is going to be a string of dominance. And I had even mentioned, you know, when Andy Reid won that first Super Bowl, I go, there is going to be a time where then we start to wonder where does he fall in the conversation of the all-time greatest coaches? Because the only thing that had eluded him was the Super Bowl championship, which now he has at least two of, possibly three. I I do think that they're going to end up going on and and pulling like the most unremarkable of repeats, but still doing it. And then you're like, okay, and then then if he gets three Super Bowls with what would it be five appearances, and you're like, all right, like this guy's starting to get into this conversation of like, are we just automatically assuming? that Bill Belichick is the greatest of all time. And then realizing like, you know what? It's, it's very difficult for these guys to do it with these coaches, these illustrious coaches being able to do it without a premier quarterback. So yeah, that conversation, but listen, it's Wednesday at least. So we're, we're all, we're, we're less than two weeks away from that, that cycle of, is he the greatest of all time? But we're, we're, we're really in the mid in the middle of it. Well, I'll, I'll give you another uh, debate show conversation. It's, Purdy can't do it. You're going to lose at the quarterback spots. Most important in big games, people, Nick Foles and Eli Manning beat Tom Brady in Super Bowls. Like, yeah. it's it's a one-game sample. Where, no, it's, where it's, are you on, look, on a Purdy discourse? Yeah, like, that is the the, the best example of, of this. I'm, I, again, I'm picking the Chiefs, and I think that they've just had too much, but... For people to just assume like, oh, Brock Purdy, right. It's like, yeah, no, it's it's always the the least suspecting guy that beats the superstar. As you mentioned, you know, Nick Foles and Eli Manning were the three Super Bowl losses for Tom Brady. He wasn't losing to, I can't even think of who an elite level Patrick quarterback was. Patrick. But like, you know, he was beating the good quarterbacks and getting there. Like they, he was handling the good players. You need that guy. You need that person that you're not expecting. You are, um, you know, that is the one thing that kind of, um, in a WWE parlance, it's like, Oh, it's like they build, like you can build up superstars, but it's usually a superstar that's used to like put the person over like, Hey, we've made drew McIntyre into a huge store. So when Roman reigns beats him, it looks more impressive. You know, this is the Sammy Zayn coming in. You're like, oh, I didn't expect this guy to come in here and win the title, which is exactly what could happen. So, yeah, I, I think it would be, I don't know. It, I mean, he lost to Tom Brady, but it would be amusing if he, uh, if it was Brock Purdy, who was like, oh, yeah, that that's the guy that ended the, uh, the, uh, the repeat bid. And really, honestly, it is, it's not out of the realm of, of possibility. Adam Rank, NFL Network, and the Sick Podcast with Adam Rank, joining Matt Marchese and Donovan Bennett here on the Fan Checkdown. So I wanted to focus a little bit on Andy Reid there because, you know, you talk about the greatest of all time. Andy Reid has been to at least 
a uh, conference championship game in 44% of his seasons as a head coach in the NFL. It's 11 out of 25. Amazing. It's it's unbelievable. And when you look fourth all-time in coaching wins, like, do we put him in the top three if he wins this one here? Because, you know, there there are coaching jobs where you look and say, Okay, like the team was really good, and did they have to do a lot of coaching? Well, they do, but, you know, the team is really good. When you look at this team, you look at the offense and go, okay, and you look at the defense and say, they're really good, but they, you know, outside of Chris Jones and a couple, like they don't have like that big superstar player outside of Chris Jones on defense. They have a lot of really, really good players, but nobody that people talk about like, oh, this guy could be defensive player of the year. They don't have that guy on defense. Might this be his most impressive coaching job that he's done with the Chiefs? Or do you look back at some of the years where they didn't have a defense and Andy Reid's genius, especially on offense, really kind of took them to the next level? See, this is the this is the one. Yeah, that that's another one where you talk about where they they have the conversation about where does Patrick Mahomes rank all time? The hey, is this Andy Reid's greatest coaching job ever coming up at eleven? You know, <laughs> it is. It will be one of those things, and it and it is impressive. And and what he's done has been remarkable. This is just the way that Andy Reid is coached, and this is the one time where he does have a quarterback who can bail him out of a lot of things. And I. This isn't a detriment to to Andy Reid, not by any stretch of the imagination, but this is, you know, this is why some of these great coaches are able to get by or like, you know, they create, not that you create your own luck, but it's like you're in this position because you're a good coach and you have a player that can help you get there. But sincerely, this, looking back at this team, where they were at during the the middle part of the season when people were writing them off and People were upset, and anybody who drafted Travis Kelsey in the first round of their fantasy league was completely upset. He found a way to to pull this all together. And to me, one of the most remarkable things about Andy Reid, in addition to you know being in the conference title game and 44% of his titles, is that he is that automatic guy coming out of a bye. Like, that is the one thing. That is his one hallmark of like, you know what? Coming out of a bye, this guy has his stuff put together. I think back to when he was the coach of the Eagles and he had his team drinking pickle juice so they wouldn't get cramped up in a game against the Dallas Cowboys. And I think they, I believe they opened the game with an onside kick and recovered it and went out there and pulled an upset back when Dallas was, you know, a thing. I just think that his entire legacy just needs to be celebrated to the point of like, we don't talk enough about when he was in the punt, pass, and kick competition where he looks, it looks like, like if you've ever seen this photo and back in the day, there used to be this thing called the punt, pass, and kick competition. They would do it at halftime. You would see the highlights between one of the playoff games. And then one time I was sitting there watching it. And if you've never seen the photo, do yourself a favor and look it up. Cause you're like, why is Merlin Olson out there competing <laughs> with these children? You're like, no, 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 that's, that's 12 year old Andy Reed. He's a monster. Who is just head and shoulders above everybody else. So when you think of the all-time coaches, obviously Bill Belichick still probably number one, just like Tom Brady, probably still number one at the quarterback position. But Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, if just getting to the Super Bowl, I think puts them into the top three. Winning it puts them at top two, and they might not be number two. You mentioned legacy. We're somewhat removed from it, but we need your take because we haven't talked to you since. Let's talk about the big 
Cody Rhodes guy. Oh, sorry. sorry. <laughs> Let's talk about uh, the Ravens. Like, we'll have uh, intervention for our Baltimore Ravens fans. Okay. Power ranking on who has not had one good night of REM sleep since Sunday night. Coach Harbaugh, Lamar Jackson, Todd Munkin, Zay Flowers. Like, who is still haunted and terrified and is skipping past ESPN in the U.S. because they don't want to hear anything about football out of that group? I would say all of them except for Zay Flowers. Zay Flowers just strikes me as a guy's like, yeah, whatever. Like, that happened, <laughs> and he goes to sleep. Mostly because I saw an, an interview with him from the locker room where he was talking about the officials. Like, hey, we need to, you know, when we're playing the Chiefs, you know, we need to, you know, be, you know, we got to be two touchdowns better than them because of the referees. It's like, yeah, well, you you blew two touchdowns. So, yeah, I guess you're right in a way. I know that it, it probably eats at John Harbaugh. I know that he does have a Super Bowl. So he's like, okay, I've, I've won this before. Todd Monken, you know, he's like, I came to the NFL for this. And then Lamar Jackson, as disappointing as it seems right now, and you brought up Peyton Manning uh, a couple of moments ago, very similar trajectory of Lamar Jackson and Peyton Manning, who through the first couple of years going through incredible playoff losses and the games have at least been competitive. You know, this was a, this was a hard fought AFC title game. There were a few plays that could have gone the other way. He did throw a crippling interception, but like, yeah, that, that sounds like a Manning, a Peyton Manning playbook from the early part of his career. Like if you look back at Peyton Manning's, career and a lot of people don't because they don't want to remember this but like he was terrible he was god-awful in playoff games to the point of like he is why they're losing i know that mike vanderjant looked like an idiot going out there and ragging on tony dungy and peyton manning but he was absolutely correct like yeah he was he was he was spot on and who knows had they not faced rex grossman in a super bowl who knows how this legacy would have ultimately worked. By the way, that's another thing, too, is like if Marlon McCree, I, I don't want to go into this, but I'm going to do it. If Marlon <laughs> McCree doesn't just fall on the ball after he picks off Tom Brady in the 2006 AFC divisional round game at Qualcomm Stadium, Jack Murphy Field, you know, the Chargers play host to the to the Colts in that AFC championship game. And I asked Sean Merriman about this a couple of weeks ago. I'm like, you would have you would have beat the Colts by thirty. He's like, oh no doubt. He's like, we we own that team. We destroyed them. Like there would have been no doubt. Peyton Manning on the road in an AFC title game. Forget about it. So Lamar Jackson's in a position right now where, yep, he's going to have to wear this for one more season, and it's frustrating. Like uh, Josh Allen's going through this as well. Where it's like, yeah, I got to wear this one other season. But there are opportunities for them to break through. Like we said before, you know, Joe Flacco did sneak through. Ben Roethlisberger won a couple of Super Bowls. They're, we're still auditioning for those roles in the AFC. So he just, you know, he's a young guy. I think Zay Flowers is going to end up being really good. Todd Monken did look like a good fit in the NFL. Mistakes were made. You went up against one of the best. Like, keep rolling on. Like, it's okay. I don't think their window's closed by any stretch of the imagination. I think the one thing that you look at with the Ravens uh, if the way they've drafted over the last what two decades, like even with Ozzy Newsome retiring, like they haven't missed a beat. Take a look at Kyle Hamilton, for instance. Yeah, 
I don't know how they always end up with these players. I remember seeing him a couple of years ago at the rookie premiere and he was walking by me and I'm just like, and I, I like just kind of chuckled and I'm like, how, how did the Ravens end up with this guy? Like he's like, even you just knew he was going to be a stud and you're like, how, like you guys don't draft in the top 10, but you end up with these all-stars every year. Uh, it's been troubling trying to find the wide receiver, which that is a baffling thing. Like that is their Achilles heel. But at the same time, I, I again, Zay Flowers being somebody I think can be very good. They're, they're just a well-run organization. So I think they'll be back. So I, I know that it's tough right now and you're not going to want to watch the Super Bowl. But next year, when we look back and we get ready for the, for the season to start, like, okay, the Ravens are going to be in the mix again. And, uh, you know, it's not going to shock me if they get back to the AFC title game. The the scary thing, because you talk about like people can, you know, teams can squeak through during a, a period of dominance for, for teams. Um, before I get to that, though, I saw this stat. Lamar Jackson is 0-4 in playoff games where his opponent scores more than 13 points. That's not, that is not, far from ideal. Now, I don't put all that on him because I thought giving, you know, the running backs, whatever it was, six, seven carries in that game was probably stupid. Um, yeah, the thing, the thing is though, didn't this year feel like the year where teams could break through against the chiefs and Patrick Mahomes? We talked about how they struggled on offense all year. And I know teams don't just flip a switch, but it really felt like the chiefs just flipped a switch because they're not dropping. I mean, well, Travis Kelsey dropped a couple in the first week of the playoffs, but after that, he's been pretty solid. I would say, uh, bordering on, well, not bordering greatness, um, I don't know if it's because he loves Taylor Swift a lot, but you look at the other guys like Marquez Valdez-Scantling on that third and nine to close the game against the Ravens does not drop the ball. He drops that yeah. pass all season. Like it's yeah. just something about this Chiefs team where you think this is the year that you can break through and Buffalo gets close and the Ravens are kind of close and it just feels like, well, it, even when we're close, we're still not close. Yeah, there is a lot of truth to that. There is uh, there is something about the Kansas City Chiefs and the magic that you said. Like, I don't think, you know, it, it's been amazing that the thought of Patrick Mahomes, the trust in ha that he has in MVS in that moment. Like, think about those brutal drops that he had this year. One of them wasn't it against the Packers as well. That would have kept them out of the playoffs, but whatever. We're not bitter. I just look at that and I'm like, you know, you, the the team, the structure that they've built is so incredible that there's ultimate trust that, you know what, in that moment, like, okay, I know this guy's let me down before. Like I can't like, it's, you know, you've, you've been, you've been sitting there swinging your driver all day. You've been putting, you know, every single drive into the woods. Then you need a, you need a shot on 18 and you're like, you know what? I'm not, I'm not going three wood. I'm going driver. And then you pipe it down the middle, having that kind of talent and that kind of of confidence is uh, something to behold and which is why the chiefs are always so good. But again, I know this was a gettable year for the chiefs, but I think most seasons are going to be like this. There are going to be like, we've moved past the point of like where they're this dominant organization where they're just the NFL teams, you know, they, they do have cracks for a reason. Like the, the, the system is set up to avoid these teams going three consecutive years in a row, four consecutive years in a row. So there will be opportunities. I'm just curious, though, because you have you have built a, a, such a great culture. And, you know, with everything that happened with MVS and the receivers, that you think of some of these, these guys who could cut loose this coming off season. Now, Mike Evans probably wants to go out and get paid. 
But if you're somebody on the level of like Darnell Mooney, which is the most T Higgins, you know, these guys are like, oh, I'm just going to go to Kansas city. Like I'm just going to cash in and go, and I might take less money. So I know it's disheartening. This, this, this seemed like the year, much like it seemed like last year was a year that Roman Reigns should have lost at WrestleMania. There'll be another WrestleMania. There'll be another Royal Rumble. So uh, don't be so glum, everybody. But yeah, the Chiefs will, you know, still be in the mix. I don't know if uh, you know they got their cousins running in and causing them. I guess would that would that make the referees the cousins? Yes. That always help Roman Reigns. Mm-hmm. What is the one guy's name? Freeway or whatever. Oh, slow. What is? I'm so I'm I'm a little disconnected from Wait, the WWE. But, solo Sokoa. Solo, yeah. The refs are solo. Rikishi's like they kid. Are, they're the guys. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like there's oh, yeah. the official. Yep. That, that is true. Patrick Mahomes. I mean, I didn't think it was so egregious. I mean, the Ravens game, there was a couple calls where you're like, okay. Um, they didn't get any really favorable calls against the Bills. Like, even as a Bills fan, I can't complain about the officiating. I would love to. Um, but there was no, you know, it's a guy that missed wide right, and off we go. Um, I wanted to ask you as well about Travis Kelsey here. Uh, before we let you scoot, okay. is he the is he the greatest non quarterback playoff performer that you've seen? Because you talked oh. about the year that he's had, you know he's passing Jerry Rice seemingly every week for a, a new record. Um, I think in six of his last ten playoff games, he has multiple touchdown games, and he's yeah. been as good as he's been all year in these three games when it matters and for a position that historically I know it's changed has not really you know put those guys at the top of the list it was really Gronk that kind of changed that narrative and now it's Travis Kelsey um, in terms of playoff performances do you have him as number one in terms of you know skill position greatest playoff performers of all time or is Jerry right yeah offensively or is Jerry Rice still the number one for you yeah we're getting close uh, to this one. Cause I'm always curious too about, um, yeah. Cause Jerry, Rice. It, it's funny about Jerry Rice, obviously a great player and everything, but he, when you look at iconic moments for the 49ers, it, it, this is going to sound terrible, but like, who, what are the, what <laughs> I are know the, where the, you're the going. greatest, I know no, the greatest going. catches. What are the three greatest catches in 49ers history? The catch by Dwight Clark. Yep. Jonathan Taylor against the Bengals in the the second version of their Super Bowl was it Super Bowl twenty two, and then a To getting that dart from was it Jeff Garcia uh, yeah. in the playoffs against the Packers, and yeah. then you're like, what was Jerry Rice's like signature? What was his signature moment? Like as dominant as he was, and he greatest receiver of all time. Fine, maybe like Randy Moss. Okay, we can have these conversations later. But it's like, yeah, like what was his moment? Like that it's it's a wild thing, but clearly one of the best of all time. Clearly, you know, one of the top of the top. Like there's no no doubt about it. But Travis Kelsey has done something to me that I thought that nobody was ever going to approach what Rob Gronkowski was able to mean to the Patriots. And in some respects, I still sort of feel that way because Gronk's blocking and what he meant to the running game still gets kind of overlooked as we're having these conversations about like how great Kelsey is. It's like, you got to remember though, like Kelsey's a big wide receiver. Like yeah. he's, he's not being asked to block an awful lot. So there's, you got to give Gronk a little bit of love. And uh, I want to go back and Sam Laporta is also becoming one of those guys that can block. Uh, another well Iowa guy. Shocker. Laporta. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so, so Kelsey's there. I'm not, I'm not quite 
I'm not quite there. I'm not ready to put him above Jerry Rice. I can't do that. I would love to. I would love to get caught up in the moment. I know it would it would really anger the anti-Swifties, but at the same time, I still you still got to give it to Jerry Rice, a former Super Bowl MVP of his own, right? He won one, right? He won the I one against so. the Broncos. I don't know, but uh, I think that seems right because Montana would have four. Mm. Yeah, by uh, yeah, the way, the, Super the 49ers, Bowl twenty-three, Super Bowl twenty-three. Yeah, yeah. The, the Broncos win. So twenty-two is the Jonathan Taylor catch. They, um, yeah, the forty. That's funny enough. Joe Montana won two Super Bowls without Jerry Rice. Like there is also that. But Steve Young was able to win one with him. So it's a. Now it's still Jerry Rice for me. I love Travis Kelsey as much as anybody. Well, not as much as everybody, but I love Travis Kelsey a lot. He is one of my favorite people in the NFL. But I still got to say, let's let's slow it down a little bit. Let's not get too caught up in recency bias. He's still got some. He's still got some time to uh, to improve on the numbers. But uh, we'll, we'll we can reconvene after the Super Bowl. But for right now, I'm still going to go with Jerry Rice. Quickly before we let you go, uh, are you on United Flight 1989 or American Airlines Flight 87? to Las Vegas, uh, beautiful Harry Reid Airport, because uh, we know you were a Swifty. And, and what do you make of the now story about uh, Taylor Swift's um, global uh, imprint because of the flight she might have to get on to get to the world, the, the Super Bowl? Oh, yeah, now they care about the environment? Like, <laughs> okay, all right. Like, no, 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 nice try. As you're sitting there throwing your cigarette butts into the ocean, being like, yeah, she's ruining the environment. Am I right? Like, shut up. Uh, I understand. <laughs> I'm taking Southwest uh, myself. It's Las Vegas. So I get the, the quick jaunt. I can't wait, first of all, to be at McCarrick or Henry Reed Airport the morning after the Super Bowl, because that's going to be a lot of fun. I've I've been at that airport after March Madness, but that's usually dispersed over a couple of days. It'll be interesting to see what that that Monday is like. I'm I'm all for it. I get there, get there, Taylor. Like we need you. We need you at the Super Bowl. Nobody else, nobody else gets as much disdain. And maybe this is because I grew up with the Lakers in the 1980s and 90s and all that stuff. Like since I've been a kid, anytime the Lakers have been in the playoffs, we do the shot where it's like, hey, look, here's Jack. Oh, no, it doesn't start with Jack Nichols. It usually starts with Denzel. It's Denzel, Diane Cannon. Oh, here's Anthony Kiedis and Flea. Leonardo DiCaprio, and then it ends with Jack Nicholson. So, like, get over yourselves. I'm sorry. I don't know who hurt you in your life that this is what you've decided to, to make your stand on. She's just there enjoying a football game. And she makes – who was it? Who Somebody said – oh, gosh. I think it was a TikTok I saw. Somebody was saying, like, she makes more money than your NFL owner so just be lucky that she doesn't buy the team and trade away your favorite player. So like there, there it is. I wish I'm so sorry to that person who came up with that such a brilliant line. And I need to do a better job of writing this down. But that was hilarious. So congratulations to that person that I just stole that joke from talent borrows genius deals. Uh, qu- <laughs> uh, you uh, pick your winner, San Francisco or the Chiefs. Am I not coming on next week? What uh, is happening? So, so, so uh, what is happening? Oh, no, oh, no, next week. No, next Wednesday. Next Wednesday. I got my days all screwed. Yes. You're coming How on next. Dare week. you? I was just trying he to, I was trying to sneak one in. Picking the Chiefs. Yeah, that's I true. Know, but I, listen, I can change my mind. Yeah, that's true. You can. I've 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 been prone to do it, and when I changed my mind, I was absolutely wrong. Yeah. Uh, the only game that I I hedged on or just changed my mind on this week, this year, this postseason, was uh, Houston. I got swept up 
in the Houston. Of Me like, too. Nah, I think Houston can do this. Yeah, I did that too. And I wanted to be, I, that was one of the ones where it's like, I wanted to be the contrarian who is right more than like, I really do believe this. And I know a lot of times people are like, you just picked the upsets. I'm like, that's not true. Like I didn't pick Pittsburgh over uh, the Buffalo Bills to the point that Britt Baker almost stopped talking to me. And I'm like, listen, I'm sorry. Your quarterback sucks. I, go, I can't, I can't do this. You know what I'm like? I love being the, the fade, the public guy, but I still have to have some integrity. So uh, we'll save the pick. I'm going to go do a deeper dive. I love the, I love the idea of Brock Purdy being the Nick Foles in this situation. So I will, I will have that for you from the Venetian Ooh. Uh, next week. Uh, tell Britt Baker that her quarterback's still going to suck because Arthur oh. Smith is the offensive coordinator. Uh, I know you got, I know you got things to do. Thanks so much for taking some time for us today, buddy. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you, gentlemen. We'll talk to you then. There he goes. Adam rank from NFL network and the sick podcast with Adam rank. I, my days are all over the place. Like when your child is at home and your daycare is all screwed up. I'm like, yeah, the Super Bowl is this weekend. No, you thought no, the Super Bowl was like five days from now. Get comfy, my friend. We got lots of time. Oh, uh, we got lots of good guests coming. Hey, you know who's coming on tomorrow? I don't. James Brown, okay. JB. I feel good. We'll be on tomorrow. Uh, our pal, let's call. We we'll call him our our pal. He really liked us. I think, or he was just being James Brown. He was really nice. Uh, he'll join us tomorrow. Other guests next week as well. We got a whole thing planned out. You got to listen to find out who's coming on. Uh, we got more when we come back. Uh, the Washington job just got a little bit more interesting because, well, somebody said thanks, but no thanks. And in Houston, a couple of guys sticking around, which is nice for the future of CJ Stroud. We'll talk about that. Uh, Brandon Staley somehow might be getting a job again. And we'll weigh in a little bit more on this Arthur Smith hire because you know if you are an avid listener to the show how much we love us some Arthur Smith hatred. Matt Marchese, Donovan Bennett. This is the Fan Checkdown on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Big guests and bigger opinions on everything happening in Leafsland. Real Kipper and Born. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Fan Checkdown on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Matt Marchese, Donovan Bennett with you here. The Fan Checkdown is presented by ProLine Plus, the only sportsbook where 100% of the profits go back to Ontario. You want to take a, a, a whack at this pinata that is Arthur Smith with the Pittsburgh Steelers? I think what Rank's take was kind of correct on it. Like, these coaches don't watch film on other teams during the year. They can't. Yeah, I thought Arthur Smith might get a job wherever Mike Vrabel got a job because they have a prior relationship. But working There's another guy that's still out there that's not getting a job. Surprising. Like, the Arthur Smith thing is so fascinating to me because we should check. Is Home Depot – or, sorry, is FedEx – FedEx is a sponsor with the NFL. They have the FedEx Ground Player of the Week or Air Player of the Week or whatever the heck it is. The, the sponsor of the Washington Commander Stadium. Yeah, he couldn't even get a job there. I just nobody wants a job there, evidently. Well, that was that kind of leads to. Do you have any other thoughts on our, like this Arthur Smith thing in Pittsburgh? Just means that they're going to run the ball forty-five times with Jalen Warren and Najee Harris, right? Because they don't have the quarterback to throw it forty-five times. Correct. Okay, I'm glad we're on the same page there. Um, so Ben Johnson, not that Ben Johnson, the other one, not the cheetah. Um, 
he says to the Washington commanders, thanks, but no thanks. Like they were ready to get on a plane yesterday to go fly and interview him. And he's like, no, I'm staying here. Now he got a pay increase from what I understand. Um, and Adam Schefter reported that his price tag is spooking teams. Where that comes from and what that means, who knows? So, okay, let's talk about that for a quick second. The arrogance of some offensive coordinators who have no head coaching experience in the NHL and uh, the NFL prior to. Or NHL. Or mm-hmm. NHL, yeah. It's weird, right? No. It's one of 32 jobs. Don't Not that you just take it just to take it. I, I get that. And I get, like, you might be overplaying your hand. Yeah, that's what it feels like. However, everyone has a price in what they want and are willing to do. And we know that if you get a job and it doesn't go well, one, I might get you out of there quick. Two, you might not get another one. Ask Steve Spagnuolo. Yeah. who had a job, it went terrible, and has been an outstanding coordinator for two decades and is not even in the conversation. So I get for sure the temptation to measure 20 times and cut once. And Ben Johnson was in on jobs last year, decided to come back to Detroit. He's in on jobs again this year. He's going back to Detroit. And everyone has a price, and for you to essentially pay me for what I perceive to be a bad job. You're going to have to overpay me for me to take it. And thus, if it goes south, then I'm going to be okay because I have a guaranteed contract for a lot of money for five plus years. I think the difference in calculation is at this point in time, I don't think the Washington commanders are a bad job. Like when jobs come up, it's because a team generally is bad. Yeah, no good, yeah. If they come up because someone is just retiring, Andy Reid moves on, for example. I don't know if the Hunt family is going to have an open search. They'll probably promote somebody within or give it to someone they have a relationship with, someone who's been there before. So Seattle, Washington left. Like All things considered, these are actually good jobs. Yeah, the... This is also Ben Johnson kind of betting on himself too. Like I know I can have a really good offense next year and I know there's going to be other jobs, maybe one that I'm more intrigued by that will be of interest. And maybe that's part of the conversation. That also brings us to Bobby Slowick, who is staying in Houston. Also got a pay raise. The other guy is uh, Gerard Johnson, the QB coach there. Um, He's also sticking around. He had opportunities for OC jobs as well. But here's the other part of that conversation. It's like you're not just negotiating against yourself. You're negotiating against the market. And if you are a perceived quarterback whisperer right now and you look at, okay, well, if not me, then who? Who's left that you could say they're going to hire to fix the quarterback, which is an issue specifically in Washington. You have a high-level pick. You have a young player who's played – a quarterback, you haven't had good quarterback play since you let Kirk Cousins walk out the door. The, the Washington commanders are stuck. Yeah. Let's say they go with McDonald as their head coach. It's a defensive guy. Okay, who's your plan at quarterback? All of the great offensive play callers have already been attached, signed to teams. Average ones, like Kellen Moore. Bad ones, like Arthur Smith. They've been plucked up. So who's, who's going to be your answer at the quarterback position? Yeah, and I mean, the Bobby Slowick is a little bit younger than Ben Johnson as well. So maybe that plays into it. I also think like there's some value to, 
you know, going back to the team that you know you're comfortable with and the position that you're comfortable with and then having more success there because it adds to the price tag as well. You know, so maybe that same price tag for Ben Johnson isn't going to spook teams next year because like, okay, he's done it again with this group. This is not a mirage. This is what this guy is worth. So I'm very curious to see how that one plays out. Um, Mike, it almost feels as if Washington and Seattle are going to be bidding against each other for Mike McDonald at this point. Unless one of those organizations decides we need someone with prior head coaching experience, whether it's Dan Quinn in Seattle or Washington, you've got a young, you know, executive staff, new GM. Do you want a new coach as well, where everyone is learning on the job? One of the reasons why I think the Raiders went with Telesco is like, if we have a, Young head coach, at least let's have an experienced executive. It's tough to be young at both. We'll see because, again, unless they're going to throw a Hail Mary to, to Belichick, there aren't many options. The, the Vrabel name to me is fascinating. Like How he hasn't been mentioned in, yeah. in one of these scenarios. is This is a former coach of the year. Well, the other one, and you mentioned it earlier, um, Eric Bieniemy's name has been nowhere um eric the was the hot candidate last year and then got a job where he was calling the plays somebody made the point on twitter and i i i, I apologize because i i glanced over it and i thought it was a brilliant point brian callahan gets the titans job with zero play calling experience eric the has super bowl rings with the same resume now he spent a year calling plays and hasn't gotten the job that to me is very strange. I wonder, and and Eric Bieniemy, let's face it, might not have a job after this is all said and done if they don't retain him in he, Washington. He could come home to Kansas City. He could, For sure, he, he could go. Matt Nagy did, to the, to God the knows. Chiefs Mafia. The interesting thing where I was surprised with Eric Bieniemy was in Washington when Ron Rivera was a lame duck coach. They they, that they was such a mistake. On, from Rivera and allow Bienemy at the very least to be an interim head coach, whether it's for now or the future. The big reason got. why Raheem Morris got the job in Atlanta is because they were impressed with his job as an interim in the past. Now they didn't they weren't impressed enough to hire him at the time. No, they Arthur Smith, boy, put Arthur on the, Smith put on the put on the charm uh, the charm uh, front there. But the, but that time as an interim, you know, is valuable. It it matters. And so when the commanders didn't do that, I found that to be alarming uh brandon staley also uh interviewing for the rams defensive coordinator job uh, a role in which he had which was taken over by raheem morris again this goes to the arthur smith conversation and i know there's familiarity there so i understand that but that's also not the same super bowl winning it's a good defense but it's not the same super bowl winning defense that brandon staley took over from wade phillips either so is this just a, hey, uh, the devil you know is better than the devil you don't, and, you know, Brandon Staley can be a wizard again, which he never was. What we know is they don't have the same amount of all pros on that defense anymore. Imagine having to interview for the job that you left. <laughs> yeah. It's not quite begging for the same. I mean, well, it kind of is, but they're reaching out to him and saying, okay, do you want to enter? I think he's going to get that job. I do. Would you, would you prefer that or the Packers job? As a defensive coordinator. Boy, that's a good one. Um, 
there's something about the Rams' job and the way that Les Need finds picks. Although they do that in Green Bay too, I think it's pretty close. Here's what I say: I think the Green Bay defense underperformed a little bit last year, whereas I think the Rams overperformed from expectations, which to me means there's a lot, there's more upside with that Rams defense. So I think I would take the Rams defense. So we're just going to still see a ripple effect in terms of jobs popping up on the defensive side where there is an abundance of quality candidates. You mentioned McDonald in Baltimore. If he gets one of the remaining vacant jobs, that's a D.C. job that could be very appealing mm-hmm. to some people. Yeah, if for sure. Dan Quinn gets the Seattle job. D.C. of the Dallas Cowboys is a job that could be very appealing. So... It is musical chairs in a way where you want to time it right, but you also don't want to be left without a chair. Yeah. Uh, Another defensive coordinator note, and we don't need to get into this. Uh, Bobby Babich was the linebackers coach for the Bills. Hey, Bobby. Yeah, he gets the the defensive coordinator job. Um, It just allows Sean McDermott to fire somebody else if the defense goes sour because we know Sean McDermott's going to be calling the plays. But he did a really good job with that linebacking group. Like, with they lost Tremaine Edmonds. Terrell Bernard was fantastic, and they played well without Matt Milano. Um, I, I think it's I think it's the right move. Uh, before we get into um, anything else, have you seen this thing that the Raiders? Apparently, there's an NFL executive that said the Raiders may try and bring Russell Wilson in. Like, if you have Devontae Adams in a keeper league or in a dynasty fantasy league, trade him now. This is the silly season where all those rumors come out. We, we saw online. Not really substantiated, but the fact that the Broncos might try to trade up for Caleb Williams. Yeah, with what picks? Well, they traded them all for Russell, Russell Wilson, Wilson and Sean Payton. Hey, will you take <laughs> Russell Wilson? <laughs> <laughs> There's value there. Come on. He only makes a billion dollars. Remember, Sean Payton, when he was a broadcaster, said Caleb Williams was so good that he believes teams would NBA style tank to get him. No, that, that did not happen in, in Denver. They were just outright bad. And didn't have the pick to do it anyway. Correct. Yeah. What a disaster. Um, I'm getting a call on my phone from likely fraud. So that's a good way. <laughs> good old likely. I love when it says likely fraud. You know it's fraud. I'll answer it after. Uh, but now it's time for Bet Slip, brought to you by ProLine Plus, the only sports book where 100% of the profits go back to Ontario. So the total for the Super Bowl is 46 and a half. It was 48 and a half to start the week. I feel a lot better about this total than I did about 48 and a half. I was like, oh boy. Like, are. Are we going to see, like, we've seen both defenses, like, the Chiefs' defense has been very good basically all season. The Niners' defense lately has been really good in the second half. And that's where I kind of struggle with this number because both, like, the Chiefs' offense still to this moment, even though they have played very well in these playoffs, I mean, the Baltimore game was a little bit different. That's an elite defense. I don't know. I, I Doesn't it feel like the worm's going to turn here for this offense? And you go, well, they scored 13 points in the Super Bowl. It had to be coming. This is a tough one because on paper, you say, well, two pretty good defenses. Is the Niners defense that good? Well, they didn't look good in the first half it, it against the Lions. 52 points in the divisional round and conference championship. That's the fourth highest since 2000. The Chiefs' offense is getting better, but they're still they do it methodically and efficiently, not high scoring. I think the best unit in this game is the Chiefs' defense, which is why I'm gonna take the under. But I I I don't feel good about it. I could talk myself both sides, which is why the line is 
placed appropriately. Yeah, they usually get job, it right. Pauline. Yeah, they usually get it right when they do these things. The Chiefs' offense, especially once they kind of figured it out in the second half against the Lions, that's where I was just like, you could see, you could see it turning and and everything. I mean, they were really fortunate because you know one of the passes went off the defender's head and right into Brandon Ayuk's uh, because the the ladybug landed on his shoe before the game. The only reason why, but I feel like. First of all, I hate betting unders because who wants to watch that? Remember the 13-3 Super Bowl between the Patriots and the Rams? Like that was, I was just, I was hammering live unders all game. I was like, well, if I'm not going to enjoy the game, at least I'm going to win money. And this one, I actually think it's going to go over. I think the Chiefs are going to be able to move the ball on offense. And I think the Niners are going to be able to move it well enough on offense against that defense. The key is run the ball against the Chiefs. Well, or at I, least early. I, I think the key for both teams will be run the ball. The Niners' run defense has been poor. You can argue it's the worst in the league. Chiefs not far behind. And, and so I think both teams come out looking to run. So we may see some long drives. I just don't think we're going to see a lot of explosive plays, a lot of points. You're ruining for me, Donovan. I'm going to I'm gonna take the over in that one at 46 and a half. That line will change, but uh, I like that number. Uh, that was Bet Slip brought to you by ProLine Plus, the only sportsbook where 100% of the profits go back to Ontario. That's going to do it for us today back in our humble abodes here in our Toronto studios. Thanks to all of you for listening. Thanks to Lance Behind the Glass, Donovan across the table. Don't forget tomorrow, friend of the show, James Brown, JB, from the NFL on CBS. He will join us. We've got lots to talk about. He's going to be in Vegas next week. Maybe next year we can go to Vegas. Oh, no, it's in New Orleans next year. Maybe we can go to New Orleans. That would be a lot of fun. This has been a lot of fun. Matt Marchese signing off. For the Fan Checkdown on the Sportsnet Radio Network, we'll talk to you tomorrow.